Thank you for checking out this sermon video here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say welcome to Hope Church. Do us a favor and text NEW TO HOPE to 94090. After you hit send, you'll get an immediate response from our team with a link to a short form for you to fill out so we can get to know you better. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the sermon. Well, God has blessed me with an incredible family. And as we jump in today, I want to introduce you to my family. My wife, Shar and I met and married here in Las Vegas. And we have been married now for 11 and a half years. And I am super, super thankful for that. In addition to that, God has blessed Shar and I with four beautiful daughters. This is a picture from a couple weeks ago. We took a vacation to Big Bear Lake, and they had just gotten out of the freezing cold water. But this is my daughter Scarlett here. She is turning eight years old over the next week. This is my daughter Reagan. She is five years old. This is our youngest daughter, Noelle. She's 15 months. And this firecracker here on the end is Cadence. She is our three-year-old, and that is the best smile that we could get out of her. <laughs> but if you were, for some reason, to follow my family around for an extended period of time, you would see a lot of different things. For instance, you would see that in a family of six, I am massively outnumbered as the only male in the home. I was not looking for an applause in that moment. If you were given a glimpse into our family, you would see emotion and drama from my children that I'm embarrassed to even tell you about. Things like the epic battle that takes place every single evening trying to get Cadence to eat her dinner. If you were to follow my family around, you would see the way right now, actually. We're navigating two of our children doing distance learning for their education. You would see some of the rhythms that Shar and I strive after as a couple. You would see that sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not so successful. If you were to follow around my family for an extended period of time, you would see all the shows my family watches on Disney Plus and Netflix. But here's what I believe would stand out to you more than anything else if you were to follow my family around for an extended period of time. The priority that we place on doing life together. It could be all the meals that we have together. It could be the vacations that we take together. It could be date nights or family nights or time together at home. You see, within the context of my family, there are no lone rangers that are living in isolation. And even in the midst of everything that we're facing right now as a family in 2020, on good days and bad, during uncertain times and great days, we do life together 
because we're a family. Did you know that when Jesus established his church, he called and made his followers to be a family? Within God's family, you and I, as followers of Jesus, are brothers and sisters in Christ, and he is our father. Look at how it's shared in the scripture in the gospel of John chapter 1. But to all who believed in him, meaning Jesus, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Here's what that communicates to us. The church is first and foremost a family. Hope Church is first and foremost a family. I want to share a, a clarifying reality with you that when I began to under, understand it was life-changing for me. Look at this reality. Church is not an event we attend. Church is a family to which we belong. If you're here on campus or you're watching us online, this is a life-changing reality. You see, the church is not a location. The church is not an address. It's not an event. The church is not a source of entertainment. The church is not a program that makes God love us more. The church is God's family. Now, let me give you the COVID-19 version of this clarifying reality. Church is not a service we watch. Church is a family to which we belong. And I know we're living in difficult times. And what's happened even over the past six months or so, none of us saw that coming. But I want us to lean in today to remember the reality that before a church is anything else, we're a family. We're a people. We're a community. And community is not something I can live out on my own. In order for us to be the church, we must be together in some way. So in the same way that doing life together is essential for my nuclear or biological family, as Jesus followers, we are called to do life together through fellowship with one another. And what I want to do during our brief time today is I want to both clarify or maybe remind you that not only are we desperate for God, but as followers of Jesus, we are desperate for fellowship with God's family. And today's message is incredibly important for us at this season in the year. As I said a moment ago, 2020 has been unlike anything any of us expected. In massive ways, we have seen disease, 
division, distance, destruction, and distractions. All those things have been very real for all of us in different ways. But here's what it's allowed. It's allowed for us to come up with thousands of reasons why we should not engage or re-engage in fellowship with God's family. Yet in the midst of all that's taking place this year, the call of God remains the same. And here's the call of God. We are to live out our relationship with God in fellowship with other believers. That's what God desires for his family. When we stepped into a relationship with God, we also were given a relationship with his family. And his call to us in the midst of everything we're facing right now remains the same. We are to live out our love relationship with him in fellowship with his family. And what I want to do from a passage of scripture in the book of Romans is I want to unpack what that looks like. So if you have a Bible, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 12? Romans chapter 12. Each week as we walk through our time of teaching, a great way to track along with the scripture and the sermon notes is through the Hope Church LV app. If you go to the app store, you can just search Hope Church LV and we place sermon notes and scripture in there every time we have a gathering. And so if you want to go ahead and do that, either here in the room or if you're watching online, it's a great resource that we make available. Romans chapter 12, I want to read verses 9 through 13. Here's what the Bible says. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. So in these verses, here's what we see. We see what it practically looks like for God's family to engage in fellowship with one another. And so out of the gate, I want to go ahead and give you the big idea for this passage of Scripture. Here it is. As followers of Jesus, we are responsible for embracing every opportunity to enjoy fellowship with one another. As you take the big theme of this passage that we just read, this is the big principle. As followers of Jesus, we are responsible for embracing every opportunity, every moment that we have to enjoy fellowship with one another. Now, if you're anything like me, you read a principle like that and you think to yourself, okay, what does that look like? Like, how does that practically play out on a week-by-week, moment-by-moment basis. Well, at Hope Church, the way that we define the word fellowship is living out our relationship with God together with other believers. That's fellowship. 
So as we talk about that today, that's really what we're communicating. To live in fellowship is to live out our relationship with God together with other believers. And this passage that we're looking at in Romans communicates how we enjoy that fellowship with one another. And if you notice, there are multiple ways that that's explained in these verses. What I want to do during our time together is I want to share three. I want to share three ways that you and I can enjoy fellowship with one another. And here's the first one. We enjoy fellowship by loving one another. We enjoy fellowship as God's family by loving one another. The first five words in this passage are incredibly powerful. Let love be without hypocrisy. In the Greek language, there are multiple words for the word love. But the word love used here in verse 1 is the word agape. It's a word that means self-sacrificing love. I believe the single most defining characteristic of the church should be love. The single most defining characteristic when it comes to the people of God should be love. Here's how Jesus communicated that reality in the Gospel of John chapter 13. Look at these two verses. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Here's what that looks like. We are individually changed by the gospel. We confess that we've fallen short of God's standard. We place our faith in him and he rescues us and he saves us and we are born again into a relationship with him. And our relationship with him also gives us a relationship with his family, a community of people who have also been changed by the gospel. And as we walk in fellowship with the Lord, And in community with others, the very love that has changed us flows out of us to impact the people around us. It's a powerful reality that the very love that has rescued us out of sin, death, hell, and the grave is the love that God desires to flow out of us, his love, in order to impact the people around us. It's a powerful reality, but here is the challenge of this verse. That will not happen if our love is not genuine. If we are not living our lives in such a way that we are walking in an intimate fellowship with God and His very agape, self-sacrificing love is flowing out of us, there is no way the people around us are going to experience God's love through us. I just heard a story right before this service, actually, about someone in our church who is walking in a community 
with some other believers. And their statement a few days ago was, I've never experienced authentic love in community the way that I have here at Hope Church. I love that. I love that that is Romans chapter 12, verse 9, lived out. A authentic, genuine, real, sincere love, when experienced, is incredibly powerful. And the writer here in the book of Romans is addressing believers who lack sincerity when it comes to loving God's family. He's writing about people who were fake. Now, I know that was true in the context when the Bible was written, and it's true today in 2020. There are people who navigate through life within God's family, and their words, their attitudes, their gestures, their actions, it's happening, but it's fake. It's not real. And the writer here in Romans is saying, let your love be real. Let your relationships, let your fellowship with God's family, let it be genuine. The word sincere is a very, very interesting word. It comes from a Latin phrase that means without wax. Let me explain that. In the context when the Bible was written, sometimes a potter would be making a jar, and in the process of making that jar, the jar would crack. And if the potter was dishonest, rather than throwing that jar away and starting over, they would put wax in the cracks of the jar and then paint over it. And they would sell it to someone at full price. But once that buyer took the jar home and set the jar out in the sun, that wax would melt away and the jar would begin to leak and could not hold any liquid. However, when a jar was made in perfect condition, they would stamp it with this Latin phrase that meant without wax. And here's what was being communicated. It was a guarantee that the jar didn't have cracks and what the seller was by, was selling was genuine. It was communication that this jar is what it appears to be. What a challenging thought as we think about our love within God's family. Are we people who love within this family in a way that is sincere or in a way that is fake? The writer here is communicating that we need to evaluate the way we love within God's family. Because what we are striving for is not hypocrisy. What we are striving for is not lip service. What we are striving for is not popularity. What we are striving for as God's family is real, genuine, sincere relationships that are defined by self-sacrificing love. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. At some point this week, as you're just spending time with the Lord, you could do it today, you could do it later on in the week, 
I want to challenge you to go before the Lord and ask this question. Lord, when it comes to loving your family, am I pretending to be something that I'm not? As you think about the people you've interacted with over the past week, the people you've interacted with today, when it comes to you loving other members of God's family, are you what you are pretending to be? Or does your love have cracks in it? One of the ways in these verses that communicates to us we can enjoy fellowship with God's family is by loving one another. Here's a second way. We enjoy fellowship by honoring one another. We enjoy fellowship by loving one another, but we also enjoy fellowship by honoring one another. Look at verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Then listen to this phrase. Give preference to one another in honor. To show honor means to recognize and acknowledge the value of someone else. And this is centered on the belief that every person on the planet was made in the image of God. But specifically within God's family, we should lead the way in celebrating and showing honor to one another. But that can only happen as Christ in us allows us to consider other people as more important than ourselves. I was thinking this past week about the moments in my life when I feel from other members of God's family celebrated or valued or honored the most. Here's a couple of examples that I thought about. When another Jesus follower gives me their undivided attention in a conversation, I sense how much they value me. We all know the struggle in such a tech-driven culture that we're trying to have real conversations with one another, but we're spending half of that conversation looking at our phone. And I know for me, when someone puts down the phone and they give me their undivided attention in a conversation, that communicates to me value or honor. They are considering me as more important than themselves. Another example of when I feel this principle the most, when another Jesus follower does something to celebrate me or build me up through a text message, a card, or a gift, I see how much they value me. When someone reaches out and says, hey, I don't need anything, I just wanted you to know I appreciate what you do, or I see God's hand all over you. Those are moments for me when I feel the body of Christ demonstrating honor. Another example I thought of, when I see a you-before-me attitude from someone else, I sense how much they value me. That's this principle of honoring one another. Every Jesus follower alive today is a loved, accepted, forgiven member of God's family. 
And we should celebrate them, value them, and show them honor on a regular basis. I believe this should be one of the most distinctive features in the church today. Because it was definitely one of the most distinctive features in the early church. Rodney Starks is a historian. And he records for us how the first community of believers in the early church showed honor to one another. Here's what he said. The church was the only place in the whole Roman Empire where people of different ethnicities and classes got along. Because they saw each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, united by a common problem, a common Savior, a common purpose, and a common future. That's the heart of Jesus for his church. That we would be people who see one another as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And because of that, we value one another. We celebrate one another. We consider one another as more important than ourselves. And there's a lot of practical ways that we can apply this as a church. But specifically, next weekend, as we take the step to add some additional services here on campus... I hope that a you-before-me attitude permeates every single person who walks on this campus. I hope that both on Thursdays and Sundays as we gather here, as you gather in groups across the valley, that we are looking for ways to consider others as more important than ourselves. And we enjoy fellowship as a family by honoring one another. So I want to encourage you to do something with this. I want to encourage you this week to go to someone that you trust and who knows you well. And I want you to ask them this question. Do you think I consider others as more important than myself? And then don't talk. Just go to the person you trust and say, I want you to be honest with me. Do you see me as someone, as a follower of Jesus in God's family, who considers other members of God's family as more important than me? And then stop talking and posture yourself to humbly listen. Because one of the ways that we enjoy fellowship with one another is by honoring each other as members of God's family. Well, here's a third and final way that we enjoy fellowship together. We enjoy fellowship by serving one another. We enjoy fellowship by serving one another. In verse 11, we see this phrase, serving the Lord. And so when you look at that in its context, here's what it communicates to us. One of the ways we serve God is by serving God's family. And as, if, if you notice when we read this passage, there is a list of expressions of how we do that. There are many that are listed in this passage. I want to walk through just a few of them. In verse 12, we see this phrase, persevering in tribulation. 
That's an expression of this reality of us serving one another. And here's what it's communicating. We serve others by walking with them through hard times. That's one of the ways that we serve one another in the body of Christ. You know what is worse than walking through a hard season of life? Walking through a hard season of life alone. That's why at Hope Church you hear us talk so much about groups. Because we believe it is massive that you are doing life with other believers. Not just for the hard days, but because it's what God called and created us to be a part of. To do life in relationship with God's family. And so if you're watching this here in the room or you're here online with us. I want to invite you, if you're not connected in a group, to take a very practical step. Next week, we kick off our groups season on September the 8th with a groups rally that's going to be happening via Zoom. And so if you're here in the room or you're watching online and you're not connected, we would love to invite you to take a simple step to be a part of this groups rally. It's for all those connecting in groups and all those who want to get connected in a group. If you go to this website, hopechurchonline.com slash group time, you can register for this rally. And I hope it will be a step for you as we move into this fall. No excuses to engage and connect in community here at Hope Church. A second expression of serving one another we see in this passage is also in verse 12. The phrase we see here is devoted to prayer. We serve others by praying with them and for them. A lot of people who are connected here at Hope are passionate and intentional about praying for our fellowship. But if you're not, if you're not someone who prays consistently on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis for our church, I want to invite you to do that. Just ask God to use our church, to bless our church, to give us a hunger and thirst to know Him. That's one of the ways we serve one another as the body of Christ. Another phrase we see in verse 13 is this, contributing to the needs of the saints. Here's what that means. We serve others by meeting needs. We serve others by walking with them through hard times. We serve each other by praying, but we also serve others by meeting needs. I love what John MacArthur said specifically about this phrase. He said, in the eyes of society, we rightfully own certain things. But before the Lord, we own nothing. We are simply stewards of what he has blessed us with. And one of our most important responsibilities as his stewards is using our personal resources to contribute to the needs of the saints, our brothers and sisters in Christ. I really believe that if this principle was present among the body of Christ, there is nothing people would not do to be a part of that. We're to live with a sensitivity as we do life with other believers, looking for ways that we can step in and meet practical needs. The final phrase I want to highlight in verse 13 is this, practicing hospitality. 
We serve others by pursuing hospitality. The text used the word practicing. It's a word that means to pursue or fight for. This is describing someone fighting for opportunities to create an environment for fellowship to happen among God's people. That's what this means. Now, there are some people who are incredibly gifted at doing this, but all of us are to strive for it. The Lord desires the church to be a place of belonging. One of the ways that we engage in this family that we belong to is by serving other followers of Jesus. This happens at the individual level, but it also happens at the corporate level for us as a fellowship. And so if you're watching this, if you're a part of this service, and maybe there's a stirring in your heart that you would love to use your gifts to serve here in this fellowship. To live out these principles we're talking about in Romans chapter 12. I want to invite you to do that. You can go to this website, hopechurchonline.com serve. And you can see all the opportunities available for you to engage in serving here at Hope Church. I know it's a different time. But there are opportunities now for you to live out this principle of enjoying fellowship with this family by serving other Jesus followers. So if that stirs your heart at all, I want to invite you to go to that website. We'd love to have a conversation about how you can use your gifts here in our fellowship. So here's what I want to ask you to do with this principle. I want you to go to someone that you trust that's a follower of Jesus, and I want you to ask them this question. Do you think I serve God by serving others? Just say, as you look at my life, you know me, you follow me. Do you think I serve God by serving God's family? And then once again, don't talk. Just listen and lean in to what they share with you as a point of evaluation when it comes to serving God's family. It is God's desire that we embrace every opportunity to enjoy fellowship with one another. So in the midst of a society when a lot is going on, let's not forget one of the most important things. Before a church is anything else, we are a family. And fellowship within God's family is not just an optional perk or a good idea when we can. It is one of the most defining marks of a follower of Jesus. So let's allow this moment today to remind us and refocus us on what it means to be a part of God's family.